the Powerful Content Podcast, your go-to source for content creation, strategy, and business inspiration. I'm your host, Mel Daniels, content strategist, coach, and speaker, empowering women across the globe to grow their business with powerful content that connects, nurtures, and converts. So if you're ready to create standout content that gets you noticed and remembered or build an aligned audience who love you and are ready to buy from you, you're in the right place. I believe that content has the power to connect us all. It's up to you how you use it. Listen in for genuine and insightful chats with guests, as well as practical tools and strategies from me. It's so lovely to have you here. Let's dive into the show. Hello, hello, beautiful people, and welcome to episode 77 of the Powerful Content Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing a topic that I find so interesting and notice that it's often missing from so many people's marketing strategies, and that's around the subject of PR. And we are lucky enough to have an absolute expert with us today, Amber Danes. Over the past 25 years, Amber has become one of Australia's most agile communication professionals, well known for her ability to devise and implement successful strategies across all forms of external and internal communications. She has worked as an award-winning business, a TV and newspaper journalist, PR consultant, media trainer, and presentation skills coach. Amber is focused on media training, crisis PR, reputation management, and podcasting right now. Her agency elevates her clients' internal and external stakeholder communications planning, working with the best and brightest leaders in big and small businesses, government departments, startups, or causes seeking cut-through communications expertise. Since 2017, she has hosted and produced her own not-for-profit weekly podcast, The Politics of Everything, which has enjoyed 4 million 4 million downloads through organic audience growth and led to creating an online course to help podcasters launch and scale their shows. But above all, Amber is passionate about the power of strategic communications to create new opportunities in business and beyond. Welcome to the show, Amber. Thank you. I sound a hundred when you introduce me like that. (laughs) I started when I was six, I promise. (laughs) You've had such an interesting and wide range of experience when it comes to PR. And I'm I'm really, really looking forward to this conversation today. I can't wait to dive into the topic and really pick your brain. But before you do, I know that I've kind of said that, you know, you've done so much stuff so far in your bio, but can you give us a little bit of an insight into your journey on how your media experience has led to where you are today? Well, I'm going to be honest, I never thought I'd have my own business. I'm a little bit of an accidental business owner, I call myself. I don't come from an entrepreneurial family. My father was an academic and then had a big corporate career. My mother worked in hospital administration and we just don't have a history of that. So I didn't really have role models of that growing up. But I did know one thing, I really wanted to be a journalist since about the age of about eight or nine. I do recall watching the news and thinking, wow, that's amazing that these people get to tell these stories about what's happening in the world right there, right then. So I think the seed of my journey was planted early, but the evolution has certainly even surprised me. I've actually spent more time working for myself than other people. And to this day, that still surprises me. Yeah, that's amazing. I think that so many of us also have a similar journey in that 
we don't have the role models with our business journey and we don't, you know, we don't have family members who own businesses. So we're not really sure on how it can actually work in our own lives. So I think it's really fabulous that you've been able to turn your experience into something that you just so passionately love as well. So let's just dive straight into the topic of PR here. And I'd love to know what is PR? What's the basics? What's the 101 of PR that we need to know? But the simplest level PR or public relations is managing how we see and feel about a business or a person. So that's really, to me, reputation management. And, you know, that could be, you know, through external media, which is my background, sort of earned media, as we call it these days, or it could be all sorts of other platforms. But at the end of the day, it's about how you manage the way people see you, they hear about you and they read about you. Now, you just mentioned a term there, external media or earned media. What does that actually mean? So most of us who've grown up in my era were very familiar with traditional media, as we also call it. These days, I think the younger generation barely kind of acknowledge it. But really, it's that traditional news source. So, you know, your radio programs, your TV, your free-to-air TV or pay TV, where you're getting news or you're online reading from outlets across the world or locally. It's the media which is vetted by journalists and written for a particular audience in mind. So it's really kind of, I guess, the traditional source of news. And from that, I guess, a lot of social media and other ideas come. But to me, it's sort of like the original source of truth, if you like. And so where can we actually find these sorts of opportunities for our business? I think that a lot of small businesses kind of think that the idea of radio or TV is totally out of their reach. But why should they be thinking about it as part of their overall strategy? couple of reasons. Really, their own story is their biggest PR gift, as I put it. If you're new to PR, I suggest people do things quite simply in the beginning, like setting up a Google alert, for example, of terms in your industry or, you know, maybe even competitors to see who's writing about them, what's being said and what some of the trends are. Signing up to relevant newsletters and things like that can also help inform you. For example, in Australia, you might have ABC News Daily. They've actually got a newsletter, but within that, they'll have sections. So if you're really focused on sustainability and climate, they'll have a climate newsletter that will bring the news to you and I think we're pretty lazy these days we want everything to come to us on our little devices so that's what I encourage people to do be a little bit forensic about the media that you would like to appear in or think you might like to appear in there's no point actually you know getting that great opportunity and go well I've actually never read that publication or I've never actually listened to that show so it's about spending some time thinking about that and understanding who their audience is and that's how you're going to reach more people and it's just that I guess credibility piece too we could all write our own sort of blogs and pieces of content which is great and that's definitely something you specialize in but I think it sits hand in hand with that idea that you get profiled by an external vetted source and you basically get into the ears or the eyes or the hands of thousands of people instantly and there's nothing more powerful than that for your business or your brand. Hmm. And so how do we actually start with that then Amber? You mentioned there having our own story and knowing our own story. Is that the first place we need to start? It's the research piece. So I think there is a couple of steps. It's not a very roll off your tongue acronym, but that's sort of RPIE, as I call it, the method I use with clients to set up a strategy. It's the research, the who you're trying to reach, 
Why do you want to do that? What is it that you want to say when you get there? Having a look at what else others are doing in the space and getting sort of, I guess, media list and data together. And then once you have an idea of that, just starting, just basically planning and saying, what's my goal? Is it monthly? Is it quarterly? Is it annually? Do I want to be, what sort of podcast do I want to reach? You know, where else can I be? Who is reading and listening and watching what I'm doing that I'm actually going to basically have a long-term relationship with. So the tactics come after that, and that's the implementation phase. That's the I, so a bit of a timetable, a bit of accountability. It's a really easy thing to do. Lots of when you've got a new product to launch or a service that you're kind of trying to get out there, and then people set and forget. And I think the problem with PR is because we get so much information Getting one major story in a national newspaper is not going to be enough. You've got to be visible quite often across multiple platforms and then working out how much time you're going to devote to that. And then the, and I guess the last piece is evaluating this. And, you know, I often say to clients, PR does not generate you sales. You are not going to be able to link that headline article to suddenly you're going to sell all these books or you're going to have all these inquiries into your business, but you will raise your profile. So finding ways to measure that you know, do people know about you? Find out how customers are hearing about you. And it might be they've heard from you in multiple ways, but media is one of those things. So it's in the mix, but it's certainly not an instant silver bullet to to get your name out there. I mean, obviously, if you've got something groundbreaking, that is fantastic. And that can often be very newsworthy, but you won't have those stories all the time. It's about drip feeding the media regularly and having a bit of a strategy, not unlike a content planner for your media. Yeah, now this is really interesting. So I'll just reiterate those four steps again. It's the RPIE, which is the research, planning, implementation, and then evaluation side of things. I think that you've mentioned something really important here, and that is around intention. So it is that planning and the implementation stage is all about the intention. This is what I want for my business. And so this is how I'm going to go out and actually bring it to the world. And I think that a lot of people are missing that from from their content strategy and from their communication strategy. Would you agree with that? I would. And I think a lot of even really large organizations. So I guess in a small business, everyone's really busy and that's easy to see why that wouldn't happen. Even in a large organization, they think the media is just going to come to them, that suddenly they're going to be top of mind. And I think that's the challenge in a really cluttered content world that you actually have to be regularly reminding the media of your existence and what you stand for. Yeah. Okay, Amber, I know that that's that's awesome and I think that's given us some really great steps to think about to start implementing PR into our business. But I know that many of my listeners will be thinking, this sounds great, but I don't have a story to tell or I don't feel comfortable talking about myself or the things that I do. What would you actually say to them? I guess the first question is, how are you going to run a business if nobody knows who you are and what you do? I think people buy for multiple reasons, your products and services. But for me, it's human connection. The stories of as simple as you might think it is of how you start your business, of where you've come from, your credentials, not your CV, but I guess your life story, if you like. Weaving that into what you do now will have people remember you long after they remember what you did you know, that day on your in your business, you know, that product you've launched and the name of the product and all those things. It's about connecting the dots. And I think for most people who are in business, they've got to get comfortable with media and PR. Otherwise, their competitors will. And if that's enough to motivate some people, that might be. I'm not a particularly competitive person in that way. I tend to just have, you know, my focus of what I need to be doing, but I do need to be aware of what else is happening in the marketplace at any one time. So I think, 
it's almost that thing of like when you're on social media and you're just looking, you know, you're just sort of stalking and lurking, but you're not doing anything. You're not liking, you're not engaging. You've got to really step up with media and actually engage. And I think once you feel the benefits of that, and of course there are, you know, dangers and pitfalls, and that's probably why my media training business exists to kind of help people navigate that and bulletproof messaging. But once you kind of understand the beast, you actually should learn to appreciate it. You might not love it, but you should appreciate <laughs> what it does for your business. You know, there's very few speakers and 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 like high profile people who've not had to do media to get where they are. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so I wonder, Amber, then for the average small business owner, where can they actually find those opportunities or what should they be looking for in terms of a good PR opportunity as opposed to just any PR opportunity? I think sometimes it's a, it's it's kind of a fine dance between being selective but not overly picky. So, you know, for your audience that's in Australia, the amount of, because I do a lot of business to business PR and reputation management, everyone wants to be in the AFR. Well, I'm going to tell you now, you're probably not going to be in the AFR straight away. You're going to have to have baby steps. So it's about working out what are the steps I need? What's the type of other business media or kind of tech media that I could be in? Are there podcasts like what you've got, what I've got as well? I've had a weekly show, as you mentioned, since 20. 17, that I can actually play with my message. There's safe pre-recorded spaces where I can actually listen back to my message, work out if anyone else is listening, and then refine it. So it's a little bit about finding trial opportunities, but also remembering with SEO and things like that, you want to be quite prolific, but not too prolific. I mean, I certainly as a journalist remember having certain people that I won't name that we, my editor used to say at then Fairfax newspapers, no more interviews with that person, they are overexposed. So it's a fine line, I think, sometimes. Mm, that's interesting as well, that fine line between overexposure and underexposure. But I'm just going to pick up on something that you've said, Amber, if I can, and that is around podcasts and podcasting. I love to talk about guesting strategies with my audience in terms of what are those opportunities where you can collaborate with someone else and gain a greater exposure or a greater reach with your piece of content that you're creating. So I just think that podcasting is a great way of doing that. And you also mentioned that it is a fantastic way to refine your message or refine what you're talking about, refine your storytelling, because literally the more that we talk about it, the more that we get comfortable with it, the more confident we feel, and the more that we want to talk about it and, and expand on it. So I would love to know from you, how have you used podcasting or if you have used podcasting in your own PR strategy? It's an interesting one because I think, you know, as you mentioned, it's a not-for-profit podcast that now has a sponsor and it does generate me income, but I certainly didn't set it up to be a monetized platform. For me, as a former journalist, I just loved that new world of podcasting as it was in 2017. It was pretty raw, rough and dirty, all the sound quality was terrible. We didn't have the programs we have now and the editing mm -hmm. software to do it ourselves. But I loved the idea of being kind of an early adopter of that communication. So for me, it's certainly, and look, and I've also got another principle, which is interesting. You see, not everyone in business would do this. I never interview clients. I have no clients on my show and that is deliberate. I, I feel like from a you know purist journalist point of view, I don't want to just use it as a tool to have clients be on my platform. When they're no longer a client or they maybe have changed roles or whatever, then I have had them on. But I certainly have this, I have a lot of people ask me all the time, I was part of the, you know, your PR retainer, will we get to be on your show? And I'm like, absolutely not. And that's because I want to have the best 
and brightest and even the most unknown people sometimes on the show to elevate them, but also bring out new conversations. And it comes down to that kind of piece around people being overexposed. I sometimes say no to quite high profile people because believe it or not, and I wrote a sort of a blog on this a few weeks ago, the most high profile people sometimes don't increase your downloads. If you're looking to get that sort of early audience build where you're kind of getting, you know, the numbers, we all focus on the numbers, but, you know, in the beginning, you might not have many, but it certainly is not always the case. Sometimes it's the topic or someone who's just not that well known, but people are curious about the ideas that they have. So I think podcasting is fantastic because it's prolific and there's a lot of them. You probably will have some that will probably reach the right people and some of them may not. And that's about the visibility of the host and also how much they kind of push it out to their networks as well. So I think if you're going to be a guest, be quite forensic about how you spend your time and working out whether that's the best place for you to do that. But certainly in the beginning, it's so fun and it's so easy and look, it's kind of the best kind of media training you can possibly have if you can't afford to actually get some professional training. Yeah, I love that. And like you said, just that continuous practice of speaking and refining your message is always worth it as well. Now, you also just reiterated another point that you said earlier as well around that whole intention piece, being intentional about whose podcast you actually choose to be on or who you have on your own podcast. So intention around that planning and implementation is is really important as well. Speaking of podcasting, you have an amazing free resource, I believe, that you can share with my listeners. Yep. You jump on amberdanes.com and there is in fact a podcast checklist for kind of newbie podcasters. So, you know, some of the stuff like what microphone do I use? How do I soundproof my office? How do I make sure that I've got the right tools to get started? How do I start the first few episodes and what are kind of the basics? And I think for most people who are curious about podcasts, you might as well just give it a crack and there are no right or wrong answers. And even for me, I've had a show for such a long time. I've even taken like long pauses because I had a particular big project I was working on. I just didn't have the flexibility to be recording weekly. So, you know, I think for people who are interested in podcasting, it's great to just hit the ground running and see see what lands. That's such great advice as well, Amber. Just do it. <laughs> just, just do it, do people. It. It's, it's fun. It's and so it fun. is fun. It is fun. And that's the other thing I would say. You've got to do it because you love it. So I had some people sort of go to me, oh, I should do a podcast. If the word mm. should is in it, don't do it because oh, yes. you've got to feed the beast. As you know, it's a very hungry beast and it's a lot of work sometimes. And if you're going to have consistency, because, you know, lots of people would say to me, well, why has your show had so many downloads? It's because it's because It's consistency. It comes out every week on a Wednesday and that's it. It's not five episodes and nothing. And then, you know, you can't build an audience. You know, Netflix doesn't build an audience by doing that. You know, you've Mm. got to actually create an audience and have an expectation of of yourself as well and a commitment. So, yeah, the should goes out of podcasting, I think, for people. It should be, I want to do this. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that. When you're doing something that you love and that is really placed to your strengths as well, then it's going to be a piece of content that you really do enjoy creating. So a great piece of advice there. I love that. Now, if there's anyone still sitting on the fence, so Amber, about thinking, you know, maybe they don't feel confident enough to give it a crack or perhaps there's a little bit of imposter syndrome sitting in there, what would you say to them? I don't think anyone's a natural born public speaker or presenter. I think most of us have like that little voice inside of us that sort of is nervous, that it's a little bit like, oh, there's people that are better at this than me. Everyone goes through that. I think it's about 
having a little bit of discomfort and pushing through and getting there because you know it's for a purpose. So having a real clear idea of what you want to get out of that experience, but also just challenging yourself. I think, you know, business is challenging all the time, but as leaders, we also have to push our comfort zone and not sort of, I guess, hide behind what I think sometimes is quite static social media where it's not particularly engaging and it doesn't force us to actually be put on the spot and and answer some tough questions. Mm, lovely. I love that advice. So just to, to circle back to the whole PR side of things, Amber, we've mentioned podcasting, you've mentioned TV and radio as part of the PR strategy. Is there any other ways that we can get our message or increase our visibility in terms of PR? I think PR is is different things to different organisations. And as I mentioned earlier, I am in fact a business-to-business PR person, so I'm not a consumer PR specialist. That's not my bag. All the shiny objects and and the kind of products that are out there are not my thing. But what I do know is all your communications and PR was part of this has to sort of sing internally and externally. So I try and get clients to think, Yes, about media and about that external facing stuff, but also internal communications has become a big part of the PR strategy. So whether you've got a small team or a small database of people or a large database of people, communicating with them through newsletters, through videos, making sure that that's all aligned. You don't want to have one message that's going out to media and then internally you're doing something completely different. So it's about having that authenticity and that consistency joined throughout your communications. And the tactics in some ways are not as relevant as getting that messaging right and working out who needs to hear what, when, and then how. The how is probably the last piece of this whole puzzle as well with PR. Okay. And so do you actually help people put that message together, Amber? Absolutely. So often you might have a couple of hours strategy session where you get them to kind of really unload what they think their messaging is. And then we kind of chuck that all out and we go, no, this is actually what we think you really are all about and see how that sits with them. A lot of people, when they think of things like key media messages, it's almost too marketing speak. It's not personalized enough and it doesn't have a storytelling element to it. So that's what we try and get people to do. And of course, the other thing is to be very agile in that. So you might review this every few months. What works a year ago may not work now. Your business might be in a different place in a different space. So making sure that you kind of work. I try and get people to work in 90-day blocks in their PR and having some goals around that as well. Fantastic. I love that. I do exactly the same with content strategy as well. I think the 90 day is a great, great, great kind of circle of time to to work with. So awesome. I just want to pull out something else that you just said then as well and reiterate that you mentioned again is the storytelling element. So being really confident that you do have a story and that you can tell a story. I think that everyone has a story. I used to think that I didn't have a story because I never experienced any negative things in my life that I needed to overcome or any trauma or anything like that. So I always felt like I didn't have a story, but I soon realized after talking to a few different people that you do and everything's a story, right? Absolutely. And I think sometimes you can sort of feel like everyone else is more inspiring than you, but I can guarantee no matter where you are in your business journey, there'll be someone who's either thinking about doing what you're doing or has similar experience or is kind of just looking in and tinkering with the idea who you will actually motivate in some way without even knowing it. You'd be very surprised. You don't actually have to be on the, you know, the AFR rich list or kind of have this massive profile to actually have a business story. 
Beautiful words of advice there. Now, Amber, before we finish up today, I'm all about women owning and using their superpowers. So what would you say is your superpower? A ridiculous love of deadlines. It's the former (laughs) journalist in me. Give me something really hard to do in a short amount of time and I reckon I'm at my best, which is probably a little bit stressful at times, but it's kind of my sweet spot. Were you one of those people who always left their assignments to the last minute just to put the pressure on yourself, Amber? I never did as a, as a student, <laughs> but certainly because of the nature of what I do and I do a lot of crisis PR, I do find it's where I kind of shine, which is, I don't know what that says about me, but I certainly think it's something that actually is very useful in what I do. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Now, before we finish up, do you have any final parting words of wisdom for my listeners? PR is something everyone should try and explore. It can really change your business and your brand. That's the first piece of advice. The second thing, I do have two things, and this is more life advice that I think has really served me. And it's and it's basically if it doesn't open, it's not your door. Wow, that is that is super profound. I love that. If it doesn't open, it's not your door. Wow. And that can also circle back to PR. I think you know yeah. sometimes people are trying something, it's not working. It's just not for them. I love it. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Amber, and sharing your wisdom with my listeners. I truly appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. That's it for another week. To get more powerful content in your life, make sure you're following along on socials. My handle is at Meld Business. And just in case you're wondering, the groovy music for this podcast was created by Just Here on SoundCloud. I'd also be super grateful if you took a moment to rate and review this podcast so more amazing women like you can experience the power of content. And if you're like, hell Mel, stop talking. I'm ready to work with you now. Here's how we can work some powerful content magic together. Firstly, come and join the Content Effect, my membership inspiring women with service-based businesses to ditch the content chaos and start creating standout content that gets you noticed and makes sales. You can join us by using the link in the show notes or just Google the content effect. The second way we can work together is via my one-on-one packages. We can create a sustainable content strategy or start to build out your client journey. It's up to you. Hop on over to meldbusinessservices.com.au forward slash services to find out more. Until next time, have a beautiful week and embrace the power of your content.